Hello and welcome to Shoot the Hostage. I'm Sarah. And I'm Dan. We're a movie show that delves into a different film each week based around a theme. This season, the theme is cops. Like all good podcasts, this show contains explicit language and mature content, as well as major spoilers for the movie that we're covering. We watched The Guard. We did watch The Guard. In 2011. No, it was made in in 2011. Guys, we we went back in time. We watched it yesterday. Or the day before yesterday. (laughs) We watched it a day. Yes. This year, in 2023. Yeah. We're so professional. Nice and short one. 92 minutes. I appreciate a short movie, especially when you've got to watch it for a podcast. I do like a quick fun time. It was directed by John Michael McDonough. Yep, not the other one, whose name I have already forgotten. Martin? Martin Martin McDonough. Yeah, and the budget was $6 and it grossed $21 worldwide. Apparently the most... 21? Yeah, $21 whole million. So about... I'd say at least least 15 quid of that was me. Was it? Did you see this at the cinema? Did (laughs) Did you see this at the cinema? I didn't. I don't believe it had a cinema outing anywhere near me. I would have loved mm. the opportunity to, mm. but I think I found out about this um, after doing some research because um, obviously, In Bruges was amazing. Yeah, nobody's going to dispute that. Um, although I, I don't know, maybe some people might dispute it, but this might not be the podcast for you in that case. Good movie. Is that another Brendan Gleeson joint? It is, and it's Martin McDonough. I want to say so. This I think I found via that. Right. Um, and I'd probably seen a trailer somewhere. So I was quite keen to see it. I loved Brendan Gleeson in um in, in Bruges. Yeah. And we like I would cite Brendan Gleeson as one of my favourite actors of all time. I think he's genuinely excellent. But I don't really remember him being on my radar at all prior to the guard and in Bruges. I first came across Brendan Gleeson. Careful. <laughs> I knew he was going <laughs> Did you apologise after? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I came across it. I can't say it now. <laughs> I first noticed Brendan Gleeson 28 days later was the first thing I saw him in. Which and is I, wild because I was a big fan of that film. So I'd definitely seen him in Star. He must have made an impression on me because I, I think I knew who he was from, from that point forward. Okay. However, I did think that the Mart- Mart- the Martins. I did think that M- the McDonalds were one and the same person for a did while. You? I think so because yeah. I just saw the name McDonough slapped on in Bruges, and then the, the, it was the guard. I was like, oh, it's the same bloke. I mean, at that point in their careers, their films were quite tonally similar. Like the guard they has still a lot. I disagree with that. But Do you? Yeah, I would say the guard is probably. Um, I forgot. <laughs> Immediately forgotten his name. Is it John Michael? John Which Michael? one? <laughs> the one who directed The Guard. This, this film one? that we're yeah, talking about. John yes. Michael McDonald. John Michael and Martin. Right. I'm going to cement that in my memory now. So John Michael. Um, I think The Guard is probably like the most... I mean, it's, it's undoubtedly dark in places, but it's the most um, comedic of his films, I would say. It is a comedy, isn't it? The Guard? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Dark comedy. Yeah. Dark comedy for sure. But like, so they started out with very similar careers and I think they've diverged. Yeah. Because Calvary was much darker. Was it? The Forgiven, which we actually managed to catch at the cinema recently, was again much darker. There was some some laughs. But yeah, it was was much darker, that one. And Martin, got it that time, (laughs) Martin kind of went in the other direction um, like Seven Psychopaths. And, oh, right. You know, a little bit more comedic, but more whimsical, perhaps. I haven't seen so- Seven Psychopaths. Have you not? No. Ooh. What else has he done? Oh, did, did he, he do, do Banshees three... of Finish Sharon? Mm, yeah. Sam McDonald. Yes. Okay, so he's, yeah. Oh, okay, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> That's quite <laughs> funny. 
but also very dark. Yeah. yeah. So perhaps I've just shot myself in the foot with that argument. So he did diverge, but he's come right back around. <laughs> there we go. Saved it. <laughs> Gone back to his roots. Yeah. Yeah. Did he do three billboards outside Ebbing? I'm not sure. Have I just pulled Maybe. that out of my ass? I'm sure you're right. <laughs> I'm sure you're right. I have faith. <laughs> I should have just said it confidently and nobody would have questioned it. Have we done a synopsis yet? We haven't done a synopsis. <laughs> would you like to do a synopsis? Yeah, we should do one. Go on then. Right, I'm going to find one on Letterboxd. <laughs> okay, we're not going to go with the Blu-ray like last time. No. The Blu-ray served as well. So, the FBI are about to discover that things work a little differently around here. When a small-town Irish cop with a crass personality has partnered with a straight-laced FBI agent to bust an international drug trafficking ring, they must settle their differences in order to take down a dangerous gang. That sounded like it was difficult to say. He did do three billboards. <laughs> it was just so the way I read it. You just gave me enough time to, to look that up and okay. verify. God damn it, I do need to start being a bit more confident. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I mean, the film wastes no time getting right into the action. Yeah, the first the first scene is Well, the first time the first thing we really see is Sergeant Jerry Boyle. That is the first scene. Our yeah. cranky but affable protagonist. Yeah. Following well, he's doing traffic stops, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's got the old speed gun out, right? Yeah. Um sees a bunch of uh wasters <laughs> speeding, follows them, finds the car crashed, and nicks their drugs. Yeah. Which is like the best sort of show don't tell opening to a film. Yeah, it does introduce you to that character quite nicely. Yeah, I mean that kind of tells you everything you need to know. He's on the right side of the law when he wants to be, <laughs> yeah. but he's also not averse to unorthodox policing practices. And he also is a, a policeman in Galway, so I assume that acid only helps the day move <laughs> a bit faster. Yeah, I mean, or slower. It's funny because they sort of, they make mention of that, of uh, how sleepy a town is at several points. And I mean, that much is obvious. But then we see a couple deaths straight out the gate. <laughs> so somewhat contrary. Yeah, I think I heard that McDonough, this one. This one, yeah. Morgan, <laughs> he had made a short film with the character of Jerry Boyle. Okay. I know I haven't watched it, so I could be talking shit here. But this <laughs> Again, is what I heard. Confidently. This is what I heard. He he'd done that short story, but then he'd heard another story in the news about a drug seizure just off the coast of Cork. And okay. that's when he thought, Oh, I'll kind of merge those two things and then he developed the the screenplay for The Guard. And then he struck solid gold. Yes. Yeah. Giving my opinion away. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's pretty cool, actually. I hadn't realised there was any sort of truth to the story that they were telling in this film. Well, I, I, <laughs> it's pro there's, pro there's not. It's just okay. there was a new story. I find that inspiring. <laughs> right. I'm going to write about this. I'm going to change it liberally. <laughs> yeah, I expect so. I don't okay. know anything about drugs in Cork. <laughs> the, the drug story in Cork. Um, yeah, so... It's fine. They'll never tie it back to you. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you mentioned about getting a few deaths straight out the gate who i did else, who else gets it well we don't really know do we he's a john doe so jerry boyle i get the impression he's been on the job quite a long time he seems sick of everybody's shit put it that so. way yeah you don't get to know an awful lot about his past you get a couple of nuggets. You get some bits, some sort of insight into his personal life. You know that he's got a mother. A dying mother, yeah. yeah who's... Who is only 13 years older than he is. Oh, really? The actress. In yeah. real life. Okay. <laughs> I did think that at the time, that that was interesting casting. He looks... I don't know. Maybe maybe they picked Brendan Gleeson because they wanted him to play slightly younger, but wear his years on his face. Okay. Yeah, no, that would make sense, actually. Yeah, he has a dying mother who's in a care home. She has about eight weeks to live. Yeah. And there is there is a conversation where he mentions about having competed for the Olympics in 1988. <laughs> yeah. So somewhere between 1988 and 2011, assuming this is set in 2011. I think it is. I assume it is. That's your kind of period where he gets fourth in the Olympics, maybe comes home and then, you know, what am I going to do? 
I can't make a career. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to be odd bill and steal people's acid. Yeah, natural progression, as I understand it. Yeah. So what happens when you come fourth in the Olympics? As you said, you don't get a medal for fourth. No, certainly not. But you do get a gun and a badge. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so he meets meets his new partner? McBride. Is it his new partner? Yes. They are partnered. Okay. Um, Aidan McBride, yes. Just... Moved to Galway. From Dublin, the big city. Yep. Which is a two-hour drive to is Galway. Is it? Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> it's funny. Uh-huh. I wanted to look it up because they kept referring to Dublin like it's this mad Mythical. place that's yeah. really far away. And I looked it up on Google Maps and, yeah, two hours you can drive. <laughs> you could commute that. You could for... do it in an hour and yeah. a half. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Jerry Boyle would be caught on my tail. Stealing your acid. Yeah, so... I don't have any acid. <laughs> You, did, you didn't need that disclaimer. I felt sure. like I needed it. This is going. What out. you need acid? No, stop it! Stop trying to incriminate me. You're pretty good at that yourself. I'll leave it. Um, his um, so his partner, Aidan McBride, fresh faced, new to the town. Yep. And as we soon see, quite by the book. In yeah, stark, quite naive. Yeah, in stark contrast yeah, to Jerry, inexperienced. Yeah. Or seems inexperienced. It kind of seems like a... Yeah, well, this is why I was asking, because it it sort of... You get the impression it's kind of like a first day on the job kind of thing, almost. But I guess he must have done some policing back in the the big city. Maybe he contaminated a crime scene or something. (laughs) His punishment is to go and work for Brendan Gleeson. (laughs) Well, Brendan Gleeson does plenty of contamination on this crime scene. He contaminates a corpse with his hands. (laughs) He does. He cops a feel. Mm. Cops a feel. He cops a feel, yeah. I tried. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I a mean. Baller. <laughs> just more evidence of his unorthodox police work. Um, but yeah, so they, they stumble upon this. Um, well, they're called out to a crime scene and there's been a murder. McCormick? Is that McCormick? Mac- no, McCormick's one of the um, drug smugglers, isn't he? Is it? <laughs> believe so because they think the dead body is somebody called billy devaney although because he says it it looks like yeah and that's when aiden starts writing it down and he's like no no no, i didn't say it was i said it looks like yeah that's right um so that's when they deduce that it's an unknown they've never seen this guy before and in a small town like that that seems unusual so that coupled with the pot plant the page of a book that i think is in his mouth bible the it's Bible. The book. The book. <laughs> the only book. And that somebody's written, somebody's daubed five and a half on the wall in yeah. blood. So their immediate assumption is that there's some occult overtones. Yeah. Like that probiotic drink. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Activia. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> um, they'd be wrong, but that's exactly what the murderers wanted them to. yeah they're kind of throwing him off the scent and yeah smart yeah and one of the <laughs> one of the villains does a prank call to the uh to the police station jerry mm-hmm. takes the call well, it's not a prank call he's trying to throw them off the scent right? yeah he's saying that he saw a fight and he's trying to fit someone up yes yeah yeah and then they bring in this suspect the italian to talk to. he's yeah. not italian <laughs> he's not italian yeah there's a lot of like casual xenophobia in this film <laughs> There's a lot of casual xenophobia. And racism. But they do make mention of it, at the very least. It's, yes. I felt a little bit uncomfortable watching this. With regard to the racism? Yes. Okay. Not the ball cupping of the corpse. No, that's fine. They're dead. <laughs> well, like, allow no, that. It doesn't... Well, it's also illegal, isn't it? I, don't, I would that's like to point out that Shoot the Hostage does not... <laughs> endorse. <laughs> endorse uh, corpse interference. Corpse cupping. Yeah. In any way, shape, no. or form. Um, but yeah, no, I, I did feel a little bit uncomfortable just because I wasn't sure what the point of it was. I'm, I've am i reconciled that now okay. in my brain. So do you believe there was a point to it? And if so, what? I think, yeah, I think it's the point is that Jerry is kind of testing people, I think. Oh, he likes to push people's buttons. Yeah. And I mean, to skip forward... To skip ahead quite a bit, there's that scene in the car um, with Jerry Boyle and Wendell, and 
I just, it's, it's a perfect moment to me when Wendell sort of says, I don't know if you're really motherfucking dumb or really motherfucking smart. Yeah. And the smile, that just that subtle look that Brendan Gleeson gives him. Yeah. That gleeful kind of, that's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> I loved that. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what, and I have seen this before, but I've not thought about it in any great detail until this time watching it. But I think that's kind of where I switched and was like, oh, I see what's happening. Like, okay, fine. Like, some of the stuff that this guy says, yeah. you can't say. No, you not shouldn't okay. say. However. But there is there is also that line where he sort of says, he gets kind of scolded for saying racist shit in the meeting. Yeah. And he says, well, I'm Irish. Racism is a part of my culture. <laughs> Racism is part of my culture. Don't do that again. <laughs> Please, I'm begging you. Yeah. No. Um. So they they do at least acknowledge it, and it's part of the case. It's kind of baked into the character. And like you said, he does he does want to push people. He wants to test people, see how far he can push them. Maybe see how far he can go. And also, he doesn't give a fuck. I think I think he's trying to unsettle people because that's yeah. when they really reveal more about themselves. I think. Like, yeah. If you really come out and. I would say offend, but if you say something deeply inappropriate, people are taken aback and you kind of see who they really are in that moment. That's a good point. And I yeah. think maybe that's part of it. And I don't think, you know, you can't go around saying that sort of stuff <laughs> yeah. in real life. <laughs> but for this character, I found it worked quite well. Okay, that makes sense. So they they interrogate the guy who was in the bar. Yeah. Um, that their drug smugglers are trying to fit up, as you so eloquently put it. Yeah. Um, but it's not him. But we did get quite a fun interaction there. And uh, McBride and Boyle are trying to do a very shitty version of Good Cop, Bad Cop. Yeah. And seem quite confused. Yeah, that's a good scene. I enjoyed that. Yeah. It's very funny. And then shortly after that, uh, McBride is killed. Yeah. That's the first the first time we really see much of the, the bad guys. Yeah. I enjoy the villains in this quite a lot. Yeah, they're great. I don't like Mark Strong. <laughs> As a human, he annoys the tits off me. Not a fan of Green Lantern? No. Sinestro? No. I don't know what it is about him. I just find him a bit annoying. Um, but the three of them together, was it Mark Strong, Liam Cunningham, and I want to say David Wilmot? Yep, sure. Um, I don't know what it is about them. They're so... They shouldn't work together. They're such disparate people. But I really enjoy their dynamic. Yeah. No, I thought it's, it was really, I thought their dynamic was really funny. And they, they weren't just, I don't know, they had something to them. They were very silly. Well, yeah, the first time we really see them all having a conversation, they're talking about famous authors and poetry and... They mention Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. And Dylan Thomas. They mentioned Dylan Thomas, yeah. Yep. Yeah. They definitely mentioned Bertrand Russell. Nietzsche. Nietzsche. Yeah. Because they sort of one of them calls the other one out for being a bit of a poser, saying Nietzsche's too obvious. Yeah, and I kind of love that. Yeah, that tells you a lot. Again, it tells you a lot about them in very little dialogue. Yeah, it's kind of genius. Yeah, but yeah, they they're pulled over by McBride. Oh, that's right. I was trying to yes. <laughs> of Don't worry, I'm here to un- fill you in. <laughs> he was just unlucky in pulling them over. Yeah, yeah, and that scene is so well played because it's kind of heartbreaking, like. We've only met... I mean, he's. we've seen him in, like, what, two scenes? Yeah. That character does not get very much screen time, but he is quite memorable because he seems so... I was going to say straight as an arrow, which we later learn is not true with his green card wife. But you know what I mean? Like, very by the book, by yeah. the numbers. But there's an innocence to him that is very likeable. Yeah. And so when you realise what's happening in that moment, it's a bit heart-wrenching, or I found it to be... And when he says, I'm not going to turn around, I'm going to show you what for the cows you are, and they just shoot him in the back anyway. Yeah. Oh, that made me sad. Did it? Yeah. I think I think that character has so little screen time, but makes enough of an impact yeah. to make you give a shit about that. Yeah. Again, very well done. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of emphasises how callous the villains are and how they'll go as far as shooting a cop in the back just yeah. to get away, which is... Like, again, pretty good storytelling. Well, why didn't they just try and pay him off? Because they paid everyone else off. Um, I guess they've reasoned that they couldn't. If they'd been pulled over at all... I guess so. Then I, I guess so. they realised, oh, he's an outsider. Yeah, maybe. We're going to have no luck here. Yeah. Fuck it. But yeah, after that, 
we do see Don Cheadle for the first time. Yeah. Wendell Everett from the FBI. What's his first scene? Is it the briefing? It's at the briefing, yeah. That's the first time we see Don Cheadle? I believe so. I believe so. So he's uh, given everyone the rundown on what's going on. We've got some international drugsmen. Drugsmen? Is that the colloquial term? I I believe so. Okay. (laughs) And we have a street value of half a billion dollars of cocaine (laughs) coming through. I love his argument of, well, you guys are always saying street value. I want to know what street you're buying your cocaine on. (laughs) You're always talking about street value. I love that. Makes me wonder what street you're buying your cocaine on, because it's not the street I buy my cocaine on. <laughs> but there's a there's a nice little moment from Wendell from Don Cheadle's character in that moment because Jerry is making all sorts of comments about drug dealers mm. and the race of drug dealers, which I won't repeat. No, verbatim. please don't. And everyone's getting a bit annoyed and frustrated with him. But then he there's just a really nice moment from from Don Cheadle where he laughs as if to to say. This guy, who is this guy? He's ridiculous. But I think in that moment, I kind of he kind of twigged this. Don't take this guy seriously. He's, I don't know what's wrong with him yet, <laughs> but he's harmless. Do you think? I think so. Yeah. I think. Well, I think that's sort of exemplified by the the line in the car later yeah. on. Like he sort of, you see moments of what might be intelligence or even genius, but then the rest of his persona is just bumpkin. Yeah. So it is confusing to him. But yeah, I think he does sort of write him off as maybe, oh, somebody gave the village idiot a uniform. Probably initially, yeah. Yeah, in that scene. Yeah. Um, And then we obviously learn a little bit more about Sergeant Jerry Boyle. His character is fleshed out a bit more. He sees he goes to visit his mum. We learn very quickly she's not got long to live. The quiet moments where he spends time with his mother, I think is really well done. Because he does seem, there are times where you'd be quick to assume that he's just like a bit dead inside. But that's obviously not the case. No, I don't think so. He's just maybe had a shitty hand dealt to him and he's kind of just make it, trying to make the best of it, I guess. I think he's just he just wants to have, well, he just wants to amuse himself, I think. But yeah, there are some quiet But is moments. that out of boredom? Like he's too smart for the life he's found it's, himself in? It's hard to say because we meet this character when he's got a crime to solve. It's not like we got to spend... Oh, well, I guess the opening scene when he pulls over the youths and steals their drugs. <laughs> I, I guess you're kind of meant to think that's just everyday police work for him. Yeah, maybe. I guess so. Like he, he doesn't take anything too seriously because yeah. that's the most serious crime that ever really happens until... yeah. This. So maybe there is a bit of bit of a Groundhog Day scenario for him. Yeah. He does like to play the uh, computer games in the pub, the mm-hmm. shooting games, and the the score is very, very Western. And I think that's kind yeah. of the first thought that I had when it started was, is this a Western? <laughs> and it well, kind of is. He even meets the IRA guy who's got a cowboy hat on at one point. Oh, yeah. I've forgotten <laughs> about that. But yeah, so... In fact, the Derringer. Are Derringers not kind of... Never mind. I'm getting too far ahead of myself. Little gun. Tiny gun. Yeah. To secrete on one's person. Yeah. <laughs> but the the only other scene that we really get that fleshes out his character a little bit is when he goes to visit the sex workers. Mm. When he has the tryst with the two ladies in the hotel. They know he's a cop. He's very brazen about his entire lifestyle, which yeah. I respect. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I did enjoy that about the character. He doesn't feel the need to hide anything, mm. even when he should, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we get to see a little bit there. And obviously, I don't know, like, I think the general feeling is in films like this, when there's an older man who's on his own, you, you sort of, generally, they're written to be pitied almost. Do you think like, so? Why has he not got a wife? What's wrong well, with him? Well, yeah, I suppose so, yeah. But he seems quite content with his lifestyle. <sighs> uh, well... I mean, going through the motions for the most part, but, like, not unhappy. I think it's difficult. I think he, you could read it as he's kind of a bit unsatisfied. He talks about having come forth in the Olympics. There also is a line with his mum where she says, I feel like I've missed out. Mm. And he says, yeah, haven't we all? So I feel like... He maybe he feels like he's not fulfilling his potential. Well, yeah, so, I mean, he's obviously a lot smarter than he appears to be at first glance. Yeah. So 
I would say that he's probably not very content. Okay. And this is all interpretation. So, you know, it's just what I'm taking from it. And going back to the pub where he's playing the, the, the shooting games. Which, quick side note, the voice on the, the machine is the director. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I feel like he kind of maybe wants to escape his reality. That's the feeling I got from it. And that Same. kind of... <laughs> that kind of makes sense in the narrative of, of the, the story and where we end up as well, which we won't get to yet. But I've been thinking about it and the ending and what it means and what that means for the rest of the film. Ooh, I'm interested to hear your thoughts now. I don't get too excited. <laughs> it's not like this major okay. insight bombshell. It could be this it thing or that thing. And I think it's that thing. Okay. well, But then it could still be the other thing. It depends how you look at it. <laughs> I'm assuming um, sex work is illegal in Ireland. I don't know the laws in Ireland, but I would, <laughs> just, I would assume they're similar to ours. Yeah, so, yes. Broadly. So, again, it's it's another kind of indication that he doesn't really give a fuck about... Like, he'll enforce the law when he yeah. has to, but it's almost begrudging. Yeah, and I feel like maybe he has his own moral compass oh yeah absolutely and, you know he, which is very broken <laughs> he decides what is a bad thing and what is an okay thing yeah i don't know who knows which i guess sort of ties back into end of watch and jake gyllenhaal's speech at the beginning yeah. about i may not always agree with the law but i will uphold it yeah yeah <laughs> maybe he watched no which came first <laughs> this one. Oh no so he can't have he seen can't. that first yeah by a year <laughs> So at what moment do you think Don Cheadle begins to have like a little bit of respect for him? Because I think his respect does grow for Jerry Boyle throughout. I think it begins straight away. I think it when begins... he identifies, because um, obviously in the briefing they're being shown the photos, um, and he, <laughs> I love the offhand way he's just like. Well, you're not going to find him. It's just like, oh, yeah, go on. Why? He's like, well, he's dead. He's yeah. in the morgue. Yeah. I hope he's dead. Um, do you think it's at that point? I think so, yeah. Because okay. I, as I'm, what I said, uh, what I mentioned earlier was there's he does this little wry smile as if to say, "Oh, I, I kind of understand who you are. You're you're an idiot, mm -hmm. but you're not stupid." And then obviously, when he comes out with that nugget of information about the case, I feel like he probably begins his journey of respect then. I think the meagre amount of respect that was building was sort of punctuated by them meeting. I don't, I don't, I guess it wasn't planned, but when they meet for breakfast and Boyle's been swimming and he tells him the story about the, the Olympics and stuff and then says, well, I'm not coming with you to do the question. It's my yeah. day off. Yeah. I've had it booked for ages. <laughs> why, yeah. why weren't you told about this? And Don Cheadle's just sort of floored that anybody's day off could come before you know, trying to get to the bottom of this enormous crime. Yeah. So I think maybe the respect that was building is sort of punctuated oh, there. Okay. And then we get the scene following that where Wendell has to try and interview the locals, which it oh, goes yeah. very poorly. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. He interviews a horse <laughs> and he just kind of gets ignored. They pretend that they can't speak English and they stuff. They do, yeah. Yeah. They just don't want to get involved. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's just viewed as an outsider, yeah. unwelcome yeah. as a result. Yeah. Um, which is quite sad because he's probably the nicest person in the film. <laughs> yeah, probably. Besides the horse. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, after that, it's um, it's actually Jerry who sees McBride's car, isn't it? He's the one who spots it on the way back from his tryst is with it? the ladies. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so he realises something's up and he obviously goes to meet McBride's, well, what we what? later learn to be widow. Yeah. Yeah, his, uh, his green card wife. Who's lovely. Yeah. Doesn't get a lot of screen time. She seems nice. Mm. She's wearing all red. <laughs> Is she? Does that mean Well, the anything? first time we see her. Yeah. Well, do you know what? I do want to talk a bit about the colours in this film. Okay. I'm what, not... What's that called? Is it... There's a name... For, is it called colour? Colour theory? Theory. Yeah. I'm not very well versed. Latin name. <laughs> I'm not very well versed in colour theory, but it's curious to me. Like, I've seen this film a bunch of times, and for whatever reason, in my head... I remembered it being really quite drab. Yeah. Bit of a beige movie. Okay. But I was I was quite shocked to see how intensely colourful it is a lot of the time. 
Jerry's apartment is green. There's a lot of green, actually. There's a yeah. lot of green. There's a lot of green in the office as well. There's some yellow at the very end. Yep. But also there's some red splashed in there. There's McBride's wife is dressed in, all in red the first time we meet her. Mm-hmm. The first car that speeds past Jerry oh, yeah. is red. There's a lot of front door, front doors and windows that are painted red. I'm not sure if that has any significance. It's just something I noticed because it felt a bit, I don't know, just striking and it stood out to me. Some of it felt kind of Wes Anderson-y in a way. Do you think? I think I'm probably reaching, but it reminded me of Wes Anderson. Some okay. of the, the colour styles and some of the framing. The framing I could see, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, I was definitely struck by how much green was in this film. What does green mean? Um, generally, uh, like a new beginning, growth, okay. rebirth kind of thing, which in the context of the ending yeah. could make a lot more sense. Yeah, it could just mean that they're in Ireland. <laughs> it could, maybe, yeah. Maybe, maybe maybe that's it. Maybe McDonald just likes green. Maybe I'm overthinking it. <laughs> it's funny you should say that, actually, because um, I used to know a filmmaker quite well, and at one point he was asked in a, a magazine interview why was all this red in your film what does this signify and he was just like i don't know I just like red yeah just wanted it to be red <laughs> okay fair enough so that like i love to speculate but it doesn't always be anything yeah <laughs> from my experience okay anyway. just what what they want to see yeah but i i think that probably says more about me i'm just desperate to find meaning in <laughs> every frame i think mostly in good movies everything means something right um, or should do. I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, if you're building a set yeah, and you've got your actors there and you've got the set behind them, don't you want everything in that shot to be telling a story or something about the characters or the story in some it, way? Yeah, if you're a good filmmaker, you well, do. Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's my point. Yeah, maybe that's the difference. I don't know. Look, this is it's all speculation. It's all yeah. conjecture. But given how vibrant the film is and how certain colours cropped up time and time again, I'd be I'd be shocked if it didn't mean something. Yeah, I think so. Especially from coming from a theatre background. Yeah. I would love to know what it what it actually means, but for now we can only guess. We can speculate. Yes. Ultimately, it's whatever we think it is, because that's what happens to art. They put it out in the world and we go, We think it's this. <laughs> we like that, we don't like that. <laughs> and the filmmakers go, it's not that. And we go, shut up. <laughs> it's not yours anymore. <laughs> that's how art works, isn't it? Sure, yeah. Uh, that's what, that's the process that I'm familiar that's with. How I, well, that's how I do art anyway. <laughs> After this, Jerry meets Don Cheadle in the pub, who's oh, yeah. already a few drinks deep at that point. Because he's, he's, I guess, fed up because he's had a day of, a wasted day, essentially. Well, not, yeah, nobody would talk to got him. Got any leads or anything. Mm-hmm. So he's had a couple... And that's largely Jerry's fault because he didn't go with him. Yeah, yeah. He's had a couple of pints at the pub and Jerry comes along. I'll have a Guinness, I'll have a Scotch, I'll have this and that. <laughs> I can respect that. But he does, during that scene, that's when he realises, oh, they've got CCTV here. We can check out the um, circumstances surrounding the call that came in. Right. And that's when they see, in the background, the two of the drug smugglers that they're looking for. Yeah. So become very confident that actually yes this is happening here it's not been misinformation um we need to put feelers out yeah so basically they would have gotten away with this crime if they hadn't decided to have a pint well it's the same as everything isn't it hubris yeah (laughs) they got cocky hubris took them down Mm. i think one of my favorite scenes Mm -hmm. is in a diner Okay. When oh, because the, the the villains are trying to pay off all of the yep. police. Yeah. So they keep quiet and let them go about their business mm-hmm. dealing cocaine. But they haven't approached Jerry Royal. They haven't. Did they hear that he can't be bought? Did they hear that? Or, yeah, or which is interesting because given how much he kind of flouts the rules, yeah, he is still principled. Yeah. So they arrange a meeting at the diner. Mm-hmm. May from the boys is there. Yeah, <laughs> and they have the meeting. Basically, the villain says, "Look, shut up. We've got pictures of you with some sex workers. Yep. If you don't keep your mouth shut, then we're gonna put these all over the notice board or something. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know what the threat is. They're, they're threatening some sort of internal memo. Yeah. <laughs> you would think that he would just be like, "All right, well, I don't care. Everyone knows what I do. I do what you like." But they they also say, "Here's some money as well." Yeah. 
and um, he's threatened basically to not investigate the crime any further. And um, he has a milkshake <laughs> and gets a milkshake headache. And I only mention that because it's probably, yeah, it's probably the funniest scene I would say. He gets the brain freeze and Maeve, I'm just going to call her Maeve. Maeve <laughs> says, what are you going to do? And he says, oh, it'll go in a minute. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it, was quite, it was quite funny, I thought. I mean, this film is chock full of like very, very precise jokes. Yeah. It's so hilarious from beginning to end. Mm. And the writing is so tight. I don't know if it was always intended to be like a 90 minute runtime. Or if there was a lot of stuff that hit the deck. Yeah. I don't know. There are a few deleted scenes. I don't, I don't okay. think I saw any. But... but So you don't know what they are? No. They're, they're, I would I'd, be interested. I think I did hear him talk on a podcast about cutting scenes down. So it might just okay. be trimming them a little bit. Okay. Making it a bit leaner. Because the editing is fucking great. Yeah. It's so tight. And none of the dialogue is wasted. Nothing is like incidental. It's all, this is informative or this is a joke. Yeah. Everything. And that's really, really, really rare. Mm. But again, I wonder if that's like a strength that he's brought with him from his theatre background. I imagine so, yeah. I mean, especially since I think they're both like award-winning playwrights, both the McDonough brothers. Don't quote me on that, but that's what I have been led to believe. Okay. And then after that, the, um, the weird kid, the weird little kid on the bike with the dog. The little Protestant. The weird yeah, the yeah. weird kid. Yeah. I don't remember his name. Um, yeah, he finds a big bag of guns, doesn't he? Yeah. Which is what leads Jerry to sort of take them to his IRA contact. Whose guns were they? The IRAs, I believe. They'd been stashed by somebody. Right. And the kid just stumbled upon them and told Sergeant Boyle. But obviously that is introduced to explain why he has the teeny tiny gun. Yeah. Yeah, because it... it he finds these guns and it, so, but there are, doesn't he give them back to the IRA? Yeah. So, Minus three. Right. Oh, I, I see. So they've stashed them somewhere. He's saying, I found your guns. Here they are back. Mm-hmm. But lesser couple. Yeah. I see. And he saved an AK-47, <laughs> a little gun and another gun. Yeah. <laughs> three guns. And a third gun. Yeah. <laughs> Which kind of handy. Like, yeah. Yeah. Water pistol. <laughs> spud gun. Nerf gun. <gasps> mm. the potential I think the first time I watched this I was under the impression that the director and writer um, same guy not mm. two people I, I was under the impression that that he was Irish no no I know he's not yeah. now he's English yeah but I d- and I don't know why I felt like that was the case well but my, so my question to you based off that is that sort of changes things in my mind a little bit now that I know he's English. Do you think this is a positive uh, portrayal of Ireland and its people? Is it, is it a positive one? I don't necessarily... Right, I'll tell you what I think. I don't okay. necessarily think it's a positive portrayal of Irish people, but I think it's a very well-rounded one. Okay. I think it's quite realistic in that it paints. But because, you know, you've got the ups and the downs, like the whole IRA thing, not great. (laughs) Historically, not great. Understatement. You've got the people who view Wendell as an outsider and just refuse to talk to him. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose they're not painted in the best light, are they? A lot of the time, no. Yeah. The bent cops, like, it's not great. But then you've got kind of... Like his his mum is just sort of no nonsense, facing down death in quite a brave way. Jerry Boyle is just a mass of contradictions. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Obviously, McBride, he's quite a positive portrayal of an Irish person. The little we get to know about him. Yeah. But yeah, so the more I think about it, the, initially I was just like, oh, it must be written by an Irish person. Mm. And then I found out it wasn't. I was like, oh, is that okay? But then the more I think about it, actually, it's quite a, like I say, well-rounded interpretation of Ireland, I yeah. think, anyway. Thinking about it now, I don't think any character is particularly portrayed brilliantly. Nobody's like 100% even, sympathetic. Even the, sure. nice, even the nice one is an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> so, but then I think that's just the story that he's telling. I don't think it's really got anything to do with where it is. It's just I disagree. The, okay. I don't I don't think you can talk about this film and separate the setting because it's one and the same. Like this is so Ireland. 
Do you think so? Yeah. I think you could set this in any small village. Do you? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I think the fact, then, I think it, Ireland gives it half of its charm. Do you think so? I do. Okay. I do. Yeah, I think you could put this in any small village, really. Just people will be talking with a slightly different accent. But <laughs> the character, might, might not have to use subtitles for one. What else did you do? It, it, um, uh, Calvary, is that an inherently Irish movie? Irish-based movie? It's set in Ireland. It's set in Ireland. Yeah. Okay. Brother, Brother Bear did yeah, in Bruges and other Irish movie, Banshees of Inisherin. But this is why I thought, like, maybe they have family there. There's got to be some so. connection. There must be a connection. I think, I'm pretty sure I heard one of them, John, Michael McDonough, talk <laughs> about going back home maybe to Cork. Oh, right. Somewhere. So they must, yeah, like, they well, must maybe, have family there or something. Maybe been Galway, actually. But, okay. But yeah, so they, clearly there's some connections there. But you hear him talk on a podcast and he's the most yeah, London he's you've very, ever... very. Yeah. Yeah. But that, I think that's what confused me because this film does seem like it was made by somebody who's sort of well-versed yeah. in Ireland. Yeah. So yeah, there must be a connection. Yeah. That's interesting. How do you feel about Don Cheadle as fish out of water, Wendell Everett? How do I feel about him? Yeah, what do you think of that character? Um, Don Cheadle's pretty good, isn't he? Don Cheadle's always good. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's. I would like to see more of him. I would like to see more back and forth between his character and Jerry. Yeah. But then maybe they've just hit the sweet spot where mm-hmm. it, it might have got too much. I don't know. But well, it's I, funny. It's funny you say that. Do you not remember when we watched this the other night and I... Um, we got to the end and I sort of said, fuck, that was really breezy. Yeah. Like, I, I knew it was a short film, but I could have so- sat through another half an hour of that happily. I think it was a good move to make it a 90-minute movie. Yeah? Yeah, I just... I, I, I don't even know if I mean it, really. I, I, just, <laughs> I just really liked their dynamic and Don Cheadle was, was good. I just didn't see enough of him. Yeah. And but I've, that's that's kind of what I mean, though. I, I liked all of the characters. I would have I would have enjoyed spending a bit more time with them. Yeah, yeah, and the, the more time with the villains as well. They, they get some good moments. What yeah. the, the time that times that they are on screen, they're very funny as well. They, they meet at the Sea Life Center. Yeah, the aquarium. The, the aquarium. That's it. <laughs> and she's character. Uh, no, just she. That is his character, isn't it? She. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he punches the, the side <laughs> of the glass to try and scare the fish. <laughs> oh, that's who you are, is it? <laughs> and Mark Strong's character is Clive. He's called Clive. He looks that's like That's pretty Clive. hilarious. You'd call a like international cocaine dealer Clive. That's just <laughs> amused me for some reason. I bet no one's ever called Clive as, as um, trafficked cocaine. The rest but, of them all work in HR. Yeah. <laughs> but they had some they had some good dialogue in there as well. Mark Strong, Clive's character, is kind of talking about how he's sick of the job, right? And yeah. he's just getting a bit bored of life so that when the the ending scene happens, he's he's well up for a, a gunfight. Mm-hmm. It's curious, though, because he's quite a nice counterpart for Jerry. There's a lot of, like, commonalities. Do you think so? Espe- yeah, especially in terms of just being sick of everything. Yeah, I guess so. Bored in life. Yeah. Um, which is, I don't know, quite interesting. Mm. Goes to show that, well, it sort of emphasises the moral ambiguity of the film, doesn't it? Yeah. So we have that wonderful scene where David Wilmot's character's broken into Sergeant Boyle's house. David Wilmot is one of uh, the villains? Criminal number three. Right, okay. <laughs> the wild-eyed one. Did he break into his head? Did I watch this movie? <laughs> I'm starting to question just... that. Were you asleep? Did you nod off? I might have done, you know. They have the back and forth and then he's like scratching his junk. Yeah, I, I remember it now. Mm. And that's when he fishes out, well, shoots him with the tiny yeah. derringer. Is it derringer? I don't know. But he was he was sent there to, oh, it's come back to me now. So he was sent there to keep an eye on Jerry while they do the drug deal so yeah. that he doesn't go to interfere. Yes. But Jerry gats him in the chest. Yeah. And then runs away, gets, gets back, kitted up. With the backdrop of a... Is it Daniel O'Donnell poster? <laughs> yeah, is that's a singer? It's yeah, very very right. Irish. Like my grandma used to like Daniel O'Donnell. Okay, should give you some idea of the caliber of his music. Okay, okay. <laughs> so it's him and Flatley, is it? Yeah, right. <laughs> Ireland's two biggest musical exports. Has he made an action movie starring himself, Daniel O'Donnell? Um, not to the best of my knowledge. Has Michael Flatley? Didn't he make? Yeah. A- What's 
was it, what was that called, that movie? It's like Blackbird or something? Yeah, <laughs> Blackbird, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some sort of bird. That was his The Room, I'm led to believe. I think so. I'd quite want, I quite want to see that movie, actually. Is Michael Flatley it's, Island's Tommy Wiseau? Um, maybe, yeah. <laughs> I looked it up. At, they were screening it at Prince Charles not long ago, and the screen was full. You couldn't get tickets. Wow. So I expect that they're going to be showing it, but I, I imagine it's like the room situation. Oh, yes. Yeah, 100% ironic yeah. ticket purchases. <laughs> People were throwing out. Shoes at the screen. Either that or Michael Flatley. They sold nothing and Michael Flatley bought every ticket so as yeah. not to be shown off. It's just him sitting there in his little hat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dancing yeah. in the aisle <laughs> with his arms glued to his sides. I don't get that. I, is this River Dance? Is that a River Dance reference? Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen a River Dance. I've never uh, seen it. My nana bought me that on VHS once. Oh, I'm lucky. <laughs> Do you still have it? Uh, no. Oh, thank God. <laughs> We're heading up to the the final final action sequence, I guess. I mean, it, it ends with a with an action set piece, which is nice. As close to an action scene as we're going to yeah. get in a six million dollar Irish comedy. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. And Gleason does the I'm putting my uniform on bit now, and yep. you get a little kind of montage. I love it. Yeah, and he heads to the port where they're doing their drug deal. Yeah, the pier that we've seen several times in the film up to yeah. now. That's where the the higher up cops were paid off. There was a picture, oh, yeah. or a, it was either a photograph or a painting in the background of one of the scenes. Yeah, I think when Wendell is leaving, in inverted quotes, because obviously he doesn't, um, and it's behind Jerry, I believe, right. of the same pier. Okay, so there's a lot of um, I don't know if I want to call it foreshadowing. Yeah, but it's obviously quite well thought out. Yeah, absolutely. So they have a gunfire. They do. He heads to the boat. Mm-hmm. He's like, you're not getting away from here. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to shoot at you a little bit and walk towards you. <laughs> and my mate Don Cheadle's going to shoot at you a lot yeah. from back there. And he has backup. Uh-huh. He gives Don Cheadle the Kalashnikov and they're away. And that's pretty much it, isn't it? You get a little action sequence. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not a lot, but it's enough. It doesn't really need it. No, this film it is so chock full of like solid gold jokes. I yeah. don't miss the action. But I appreciate that kind of um, going against the bad guys, westerny type vibe. Yeah, you know, standoff. Not in, not in my town kind of thing because mm-hmm. I'm going to take your drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, With yeah. your overinflated street value. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he. Basically kills everybody, doesn't he? Effectively, yeah, with the help of Wendell. Yeah. And then jumps on the boat, and then there's only Liam Cunningham That's there, right. left. Um, and he shoots him. Yeah. But then the boat explodes. Oh, no. Right, okay. The boat explodes. And you're kind of left to think that Jerry hasn't made it out. Yeah, but we know. We know that he's a great swimmer. Yeah. Don Cheadle's character is left with a bit of doubt, I think, because mm-hmm. he kind of says, no, no, he's he's dead. And I don't know, someone and says some, something. Somebody, <laughs> well, the, the weird guy who was taking photos, unofficial photos oh, yeah. at the first crime scene, is like, oh, but he came forth in the Olympics for That's swimming. Right. And he was yeah. like, no, that was fake. And he's yeah. like, mm, all right then. Yeah. So, so we are left with that ambiguity, which I kind of, I love a film that doesn't need to spell everything out for you. Yeah. I respect that. I agree. I, it's nice to have your own interpretation. My interpretation is that he, I, I suppose, I like to think that he was, when he learned that there was an international drug deal happening, I think that straight away he started making designs on how to get out of here and how to escape. That's my theory. Okay. And I'd never thought that there might have been that, that much forethought. I, I'm with you in that I think he survived. Yeah. Because he had nothing. I mean, his mum had died. Um, his new partner had died. He hates his job. Mm. He's got nothing tying him there anymore. And he's got the means with which to get away. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know entirely about that. But I do. In my mind, I think he got away. But it is ambiguous and it's meant to be that way. John Michael McDonough, in his mind, thinks that Jerry is dead. Or Does thought he? that Jerry was dead when oh, he was writing it. Okay. Brendan Gleeson had the opposite thought. Yeah. But then when they came to shoot that scene, they both swapped. Oh. So it's really like can be either or. So there's no definitive answer even from the man himself? There's no, no. no. Interesting. It's just meant to be. He wanted to leave it as it could be either. 
I like that. Yeah. I like that. And I love a I love a bittersweet ending as well. Yeah. Because if he did die, that's still cool because he went out a hero. Yeah. But it's obviously bittersweet. Yeah. No, I love the ending. Perfect. Yeah. Perfection. Mm. Yeah, really good. So what do you think of this film on the whole? How would you sum up your feelings about The Guard? I think it's very funny. I think it's very clever. I enjoyed everyone's performances. The setting was nice because you don't get to see Ireland very much. That's true. Outside That's true. of, you know, fantasy films. Yeah. And... And even then, it's a stand-in for somewhere else. Yeah, usually. It's just a little stone wall or something. Yeah. Like a big tree in the background. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, overall, I think this movie's pretty great. Yeah. Okay. What about you? I'm, I'm of the same opinion as you. I think it's... It's funny because I went back and looked at my um, my rating and I, I've definitely increased it because to me, this is as near to perfection as you can get. Oh, wow. This is like a four and a half stars. Wowee. But you know, like I'm stingy. Yeah. So four and a half is high. Nothing yeah. gets a five unless it's the thing. Is that the only film you've given five stars to? It can't be. Well, Moonage Daydream. Ooh. <sighs> yeah, I think I did give that yeah, five. Yeah, <laughs> maximum over Bowie <laughs> I was at a three and a half okay on this watch it went up to a four because it's only my I think it's my third time watching yeah. it yeah but it's something you'll revisit yeah definitely I, a couple of years ago when I first downloaded Letterboxd I just went through and rated a load of movies based on memory that I'd already seen right and that was one that I rated at three and a half but yeah I'm up to a four now I think it's very funny it breezes by and I, would, I think I'd quite happily put this on again now. Yeah, it's a very easy watch, easy yeah. breezy. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot to it. You can get really invested if you want, or yeah. it can be more background if you want. It's just, it's such a fun time. But as you say, quite clever. Yeah. Cool. I'm glad we're in agreement. Yeah. So what are we doing next week then? Next week, I believe, is a first time watch for both of mm. us as we cover Fruitvale Station. Yeah. Bit more serious. I think so. I don't really know <laughs> that much about it. Oh, I know it's based on a true story, which is, um, yeah. Okay. Quite quite a different tack next week. Okay. I look forward to it. Me too. Thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice and come and shoot the shit with us on social media. All the links are in the description. <laughs>